Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And since we're all stuck at home, I've decided to post a few more shows this month of April. And honestly, I'll probably be doing this through May as well. So much crazy energy is swirling around us. Can you feel it? <laughs> but hey, all roads lead to one thing, simplification. Many of you have been riding in and, you know, wanting some guidance to make sense of all of this. And isn't it funny, right? Think about it. If you had told yourself even six months ago that you'd be quarantined at home, jonesing for toilet paper and longing for the days that you could just, I don't know, run out to the store without effort, <laughs> wouldn't you have laughed? But look at the bright side. Mama Earth is healing. We're seeing reduced smog, animals emerging, I don't know. Nature is restoring herself. When I go out on walks, I'm seeing animals and things like never before. I think they're perplexed too. Like, where did all the humans go? It's as if we've hit a big old reset button. And it's glorious, if you ask me, to see so many people basking in the beauty of nature and actually slowing down enough to notice the blooms on the tree, notice the deer that are in front of them. Things that in the past, I think, you know, for the most part are completely missed. A lot of times when I would go out on nature walks and, you know, if there would happen to be deer or something unusual, most people have their phones out. They're not even really present and enjoying the moment. They're too busy trying to catch it on their phones, which means then that they enjoy the moment on their phone. I remember years ago, my friend, uh, who his aunt is a, a nun, she went to Philadelphia to uh, watch the Pope when he came to the U.S. And she was the only one that didn't have her phone out watching and taking photos and creating videos with their phone. She said not one person actually presently took in the event. They were all viewing it through their phones. Isn't that sad? So the good thing is, I see this reprieve as a blessing. Even if you feel like you're losing your mind, <laughs> I know a lot of my extroverted friends are like, they've got severe cabin fever, they're going crazy, you know, they can't stand the silence and they can't stand being stuck at home. Uh, a few days ago, I was at the park and this young man, he and I were standing on the bridge with our social distancing in place, of course. But he said to me, I'm losing my damn mind. I'm so bored and I just want things to go back to normal. <laughs> Did you ever think that you'd grieve your old life? Holy wow. And boredom? I couldn't believe it when he said he was bored. But I'm hearing that a lot these days. 
That's a term from my childhood pre-internet that I never thought I'd hear again. And I'm seeing it pop up on social media as well. But listen, here's where the rubber meets the road. That reality no longer exists. We talked about this, Rachel Lang and Tisha Morris, uh, when we did the show back in December, we were talking about the energy of this year and how that reality was going away. And we're already starting to see glimpses of that. This pause is a silent reminder to go inward. And it's okay if you want to grieve that process. Good graces. We are all transmuting and processing so much right now, right? So honor that and then let it go. Really utilize this time to get creative and get in touch with you, your authentic self. This is such a great time to really focus on self-preservation and eliminating what no longer serves you. We've got a lot of major energy shifts that are coming up this summer. Go back to the, the show from December. You'll hear us talking about it. And unfortunately, I know none of you want to hear this. And if you listen to the show, you've probably tuned this out. But all of that energy is just starting to build. And guess what? It follows us through the fall. So hunker down, stay home as much as possible, and treat this as if you were the chrysalis, marinating, growing, learning, and you're about to emerge as a beautiful, amazing, kick-ass butterfly. That's how you need to view this. And today I have on an amazing guest, Lisa Erickson. This gal specializes in a lot of fantastic things and tools, but today I went into the show with very little prep. I didn't really want to, you know, guide the conversation. I didn't want to have a lot of questions. I didn't really want to know a lot about her. I really wanted to honor the divine and allow the conversation to unfold and flow where it needed to, to provide y'all with the guidance that you need most. And wouldn't you know, the overarching theme was to go inward. So today we're going to talk about uncertain times that are causing mass anxiety and how to manage that with easy everyday tools and how to turn that uncertainty and anxiety into all knowing. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Amanda. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. We were just talking at the top of the show. Um, as many of y'all know, I've kind of cut back on the podcast just because I had no time and now I have all the time in the world. So uh, I'm going to, uh, I, Lisa and I were just talking about how I'm going to be adding more shows on for this very reason because so many people are at home. And I'm excited to have Lisa on today because she is like the rest of many of my guests. She also is a woo and does energetics. <laughs> but before we really dive into all the magical stuff that you do that, that I think is going to be very valuable for the audience today, how did you get into this line of work? I mean, I find that most people don't say when they're six years old, I'm going to go into energy work when I'm older. That's right. Yeah, I know there's very often crisis or turning points that head people into that direction. And that's certainly the case for me. It's really kind of two parts. Uh, over 30 years ago, I was a young 20-something in New York City as a working as a technology executive. Not as an executive yet, but working in technology. And I really started experiencing a lot of stress headaches and stress stomach aches. And a friend advised me to go to a meditation class and give meditation a try which at that time was not that common. 
but I happened to wander into a chakra meditation class or an energy center meditation class. And it really just changed my life. You know, in addition to helping me with managing my stress, it just opened me up to this whole other level of relating to the world in terms of energy. And although I stayed in technology for several more years, I started studying energy healing and I didn't really make the transition to working with clients until after the birth of my first daughter, because at that time I had a health crisis after my pregnancy, a gallbladder attack and a series of infections and medicine just wasn't helping me very much. And so I really had to turn to all this energy healing stuff that I had been doing mostly as a hobby to really deepen my understanding of it and heal myself. And that led me to focus on women's health, women's energetics, specifically women's life transits, and led me into this whole other direction uh, that I've now been doing for you know, close to 18 years. Do you think that, I find that many people that I talk to that uh, do alternative types of healing, they encounter some kind of a crisis in their life, some kind of anxiety or trauma or something. I mean, would you relate to that? I mean, you said that that's kind of how it, it happened for you, but do you find that that's pretty common with most of the people that you work with? Yes, I think that crisis situations cause us to stop. I mean, we're all being made to stop right now with what's going on in the world. Um, it causes us to stop and reevaluate. And sometimes if we're not getting the answers from the places we used to get them, we turn to new places, I think is really what happens. Uh, so that's kind of what happened for me. I think also in the West, that's even more common because we're not necessarily surrounded by these kinds of things. I mean, now energy work, energy healing is becoming more prevalent and meditation and mindfulness. But at the time I was first experiencing stress symptoms over 30 years ago, it wasn't that common. And I might not have turned to it if I wasn't suffering, right? I might not have found it unless I was really looking for anything that would help. And so I think that's kind of why crisis heads us in that direction. Yeah, I find that, you know, when things are good in life, we, we do seek external things to fix it. We, we look for all the external tools. But mm -hmm. right now really is a great example of, I saw a great meme the other day that said, I feel like the earth has all sent us to our room so that we can think about what we've done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I love that one too. I, I think it's so beautiful because, you know, we have, we've, we've gotten so whipped up in a froth and frenetic and we've been focusing on the wrong things. Our priorities are on the wrong things. And we have been looking to so many external things to help with our anxiety and our chaos and, you know, the tornadoes that are going around us. And what we don't realize is that we came in with the software. We have it within us, but like you said, we don't, you know, in the Western world, we don't really know about that. We haven't been taught these things. We've been taught very analytical tools and not a lot of spiritual tools. And so one of the things that you've really specialized in is this energetic system called the chakras. So explain to the audience what chakras are, and especially right now, how valuable they can be if we combine it with meditation and kind of helping to subdue some of our anxiety. Yeah. Well, the chakras are part of our energy anatomy is, is really how I like to refer to them. They're energy centers 
And it's as if they're the organs, you know, we have organs, our stomach and our lungs and our heart and our physical anatomy. And in our energy body anatomy, we have energy centers or chakras that are the main intersections of energy within our energy body. And I really like to talk about our energy body itself as this intermediary level between our psyche and our physical body. And so when we look at where did chakra teachings develop historically, some of them developed along with yoga, which is we think of as a very physical practice in the West and it's become very popular. But really yoga postures were developed also to smooth and flow our energy bodies, especially our chakras and different physical postures are linked to the chakras. And then on the other hand, the chakra work also developed in conjunction with meditation and with as a personal transformation tool, as a spiritual growth tool. So the chakras really link both to our body and energy medicine and physical health and to our psyche and spiritual health. And so you can kind of, by working at the chakra level, go in either direction. It's, it's really holistic. You're working with both your mind and your body and you're, trying to, you're starting to break down that differentiation of, oh, this is just a mental problem or, oh, this is just a physical problem. You're really looking at the, the whole picture. Yeah, and I think what's really great about this method and, and really looking inside and kind of discovering that software that we all have is mm -hmm. that it's like this life hack. It's like this untapped resource of such valuable awareness and information that, you know, mm -hmm. the Westerners don't really realize they have. And I think it really can help us get to where we want to be faster, but we've been so frenetic and focusing on those wrong things. It's like, it becomes this loop of I'm frenetic, I'm chaotic, I'm anxious. So I'm going to continue to look on social media. I'm going to continue to chase after things that really don't serve me. I'm going to continue to be busy. Uh, you know, and, and the busy is, is what makes me think that I'm productive when in reality I'm not. And I think that a lot of people are scared to slow down, which is so interesting about this time because we're being forced to do it. Yep. And I'm curious, what do you say to someone who says, oh, I can't do that. Meditation isn't for me. I can't slow down because now we're in a time we're being forced to do it. And there's probably still people that are saying, oh my God, I'm so bored. I have nothing to do. I'm frenetic. I'm anxious. And now's the perfect time to be doing it. So what do you say to those people that say, I can't do that? Yeah, well, I think people have to let go of their projections about meditation or about this kind of work. Because if someone says they can't do it, what they usually mean is I can't sit there still for 20 minutes and make my mind quiet, right? As soon as I sit down, my mind starts racing. And in fact, that is the experience of every meditator at some point, even myself meditating for 30 something years, I will have days where I'm very triggered. There's a lot going on in my life and my mind will be busy and I'm working with that. So the way to really approach it is that mindfulness, meditation, chakra work, it's not about being able to hit a certain state and that means success. You know, it's totally different. It's you're just working with whatever is there. You're just taking a pause, taking a breath and saying, oh, wow, I am so worked up. My jaw is so tense. My mind is racing. 
I'm breathing really shallowly, right? Once you start working with the chakras, you start realizing, wow, I'm really locked into my navel chakra, right? Whatever it is, you're just taking a pause to notice that and breathe through it and give yourself some space. And that's really the first step in any of those modalities is creating some space around that, you know, kind of frenetic, let me click on the next link type of feeling that we're all getting caught up in that you mentioned. Because um, that click, that clicking, that constant moving to the next thing, what's the next thing on my to-do list or what's the next article I need to read, that frenetic action becomes so addictive that we, we really start just absorbing the energy of everything we're interfacing with and we lose any sense of our own energy or any ability to center ourselves and our own awareness. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, you know, a lot of people have become addicted to busy and they're terrified mm -hmm. of quiet and stillness. Mm -hmm. Like it, it has become a disease of, oh God, I don't want to catch that, you know, yeah. as if it's not something that can be of value to them. And, and one of the things that I love is your book does focus a little bit more on women. Um, this is just as valuable for men, but it, it is different. But one of the things that I loved is that you call it energetic technology. Mm -hmm. And I really resonate with that because I think a lot of people really underestimate how powerful our bodies are and how powerful our energy systems are, but we downplay it and we don't realize, you know, the power that we have if we do find that stillness. And to me, working at this level just really gets straight to the heart of the matter. You know, rather than trying to heal a symptom or a side, a side effect as many Westerners do, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to fix some external thing when we should be going straight to the inner stuff. But I think for a lot of people, and I, I see this a lot in, in my feng shui practice, is that it's hard for people to work on something at this level because they can't see it. They, yeah. they, they don't know what the heck they're doing. They're scared because they've never been still or quiet. And, you know, like you said, their, their minds are racing. So what are some things that people can look for? Because they want to see, you know, we've gotten so used to this addicting uh, behavior of results, you know, like we get the like, yeah. or we get the click, or we, we get something in return so when we're doing energy work, you can't see it and, or they think they can't see it. They think they can't feel it. So what are some things that they could be looking for to get that treat, so to speak, to know that it's working? Yeah. Well, and I love it because I think of chakra work as being the feng shui of our inside, right? Yes. Yes, it, <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that can resonate for people who do feel very busy and have a hard time stopping is chakra activation work in the moment. And that can feel like something that's more useful to get you started. For example, you know, our third chakra in our belly is linked to feeling determined, feeling confident, feeling self-possessed. And it's something you can just literally visualize a fire perhaps in your belly. We have this phrase, fire in your belly. And this is an exercise I will use with people in beginning classes very frequently and ask them to whenever they're feeling very frenetic or they're feeling anxious or insecure to just try to visualize this fire in the belly as a centering activity and to come up with words 
or affirmations that echo the way that they would like to feel instead, like I am confident, or even just the word confidence. I can do this. You got this. You know, these kinds of things that in fact, athletes use all the time, you know, personal coaches use all the time. That's your doorway in because really what the chakras are or one of the ways that they reflect is in our emotional state. So whenever you kind of take control of your emotional state and you, uh, you say, I'm going to shift right now, I'm going to shift myself, you are in fact working with your energy body already. So focusing on using it kind of in the moment, what I call chakra activations, can be, I think, that starting point for someone who wants to begin to work with their energy body but doesn't feel they can sit down and actually meditate yet. So that's just one little example, I think. Well, and you have a great book, which is a invaluable tool, especially in this time right now. So if you're sitting at home and you're listening to this, you can just go on over to Amazon and get this book and, you know, put yourself to work, but it's chakra empowerment for women. And I'm curious, you know, you really explain in the book how, uh, our energetics are quite different than men. So explain that to the audience. How are we different? Yeah. Well, we are in general more empathic more fluid. Our energy body is more, there's more movement in it, <laughs> you could say, uh, meaning that we absorb, we have a tendency to absorb the energies of other people and our environment more. And we tend also to be more changeable. And these can feel like a problem if we're not aware of it. And a lot of women aren't aware of it. And so they will take on the emotions of their partners, their families, uh, really mirroring the emotions of other people and lose touch with their own kind of energetic integrity. So women in general, it's helpful to pay more attention to energetic boundaries and interpersonal boundaries and really focus on energetic awareness. Meaning when my mood shifts, when I get a headache and I don't know why, really think about when did it change? When did it happen? So you can start to track the ways you're being impacted by your environment and use different tools to boundary yourself a little bit better so you can connect with your own energy. So, so that's one of the main differences for women. Um, I think then you can also begin to you know, manifest that fluidity as a, as, a, as a gift, as opposed to being a challenge, which I expect that you do in your work, right? Like there's a part of you that knows how to feel the energy of a room. And this is something that we're very good at. We can also emanate our energy out and impact other people around us and impact our environment. And it's not that men can't do these things. They can. It's just that we're sort of wired this way energetically more as a default. And having that information can be really helpful. Well, and I think what's really great about this tool is that especially in a time like right now where we're in uncharted waters, like we've in, you know, I'm in my forties, I've never seen anything like this. And I feel like each year is getting more and more challenging. And, you know, we wanted to incarnate at this time to be a part of this. And I, I sometimes find myself going, why, why did I want to do this? Yeah. And I think what is interesting is that I do agree. I think, um, women's chi is definitely a lot more fluid. And I think part of that is our conditioning. I think that um, depending on what part of the country you were raised in and, and how your, you know, your uh, 
external influences, authority figures have been around you, you, you know, you may shut it off completely, but I do feel like more and more people are awakening, which is a part of the, you know, the mass consciousness going from 3D to 5D. There's definitely some major energetic shifts that have been occurring, mm -hmm. but the conditioning factor of, I think women are a lot more open to the idea and a lot more curious about the possibility that there is otherworldly things out there, that the esoteric things do uh, and possibly do exist, as opposed to men who I find are, my uh, uh, office manager, Deborah, has the greatest uh, example. She always says that men are cleavers and women are Swiss army knives. Mm -hmm. And it's so true because we, you know, we have, we are so multifaceted. So we're, I feel like we're open to so many more things than typically men are. And I feel like men in a lot of ways are, you know, uh, provide for the family, fix things, you know, like just very basic needs. And so this otherworldly stuff, I think can be uh, a little too woo woo for them, or, you know, they're not really sure. They're not sure how to uh, implement these tools. And I see this in yoga because all of my yoga classes over the last decade have always been women, but I'm yeah. starting to see more men show up than ever before, mm -hmm. which really gives me hope. I feel like the mass awakening is truly happening and men are starting to find that curiosity that I think a lot of us were 10, 20 years ago, and it's finally happening for them. And I'm curious, one of the, the things that I saw in, in the research uh, that I was doing on your website is you had uh, an area of questions and I never use someone's questions, but one of the questions that I found fascinating, and I think it's such a great question is when we're talking about energetics, what does this mean for someone who, who identifies as trans or pan or non-gendered? I thought that was such a great question. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, at the level of the energy body, I think we're realizing, first of all, that physical bodies come in a lot more variations than we had been thinking they did, right? We were very binary in our approach. And then that's even more true at the energy body level. Uh, and, and there's so many things in, in what you just said that, that struck me. And first of all, let's talk in terms of men and women. Yes, men tend to be more static energetically. And so when they are working, say with their chakras, with mindful, mindfulness and meditation tools, it's helpful to them to focus on fluidity, right? Whereas women, we tend to be more fluid, like we were just talking about, and more absorbent or empathic. So we tend to need to focus more on anchoring, on grounding and boundaries, interpersonal work around our conditioning, right? But those two things, those two tendencies are really two ends of a spectrum, being static and being fluid. And people need to find themselves on that spectrum energetically and individuals who are trans or pan gender will find themselves on that spectrum. Now, what I find is they tend to feel like they're more on what we've labeled the feminine end of the spectrum, the fluid end of the spectrum, because we're really opening up this, uh, this idea of gender itself, <laughs> you know, and, and realizing it's a social construct. And so as it becomes more fluid, that will allow all of us in a way to own more of ourselves. I think this is kind of taking it in another direction. But, you know, I really feel we divided up these traits, masculine and feminine. And then in the last decades, as women have gained more power in the social sphere, although there's still a long way to go, we mostly focused on giving women access 
to masculine forms of power. But we still sort of denigrated the things that had been considered feminine, right? Nurturing and fluidity and empathy and all these sort of things. We haven't encouraged that as much in boys as we've encouraged, say, girls getting competitive and studying science and all of those kinds of things that they had been excluded from. And now for healing to occur, we need everyone to be owning all of these traits that were formerly considered masculine or feminine and coming into a very whole sense of themselves. And that's ultimately at an energy body level what you're doing. You're owning all of your different aspects, all of your different energies, whether you're male, female, whether you identify as trans or pangender. Uh, it's just this, this openness to everything being human has to offer. I agree. I think it's the perfect yin yang from a feng shui standpoint. You know, we've been yeah. far too young. Um, and you're right. We've been trying to shove uh, a female identity into a man's world and trying to uh, play up those traits as opposed to, and just really shoving down the feminine traits. And I think you're right. I think we're, we're starting to see glimpses of um, empathy and compassion and emotional intelligence and why they are so valuable in our society. And I think that to the detriment of uh, healing by shoving those things down, especially the emotional intelligence and the empathy, it has forced us to not recognize trauma and really value that a trauma that perhaps happened to us when we were six or 17 or in our youth is still residing in our energy system. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about that because, you know, one of the things that you specialize in is, is sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us men and women, we hold trauma and we don't realize that it, even though it happened to you 30 years ago, it's still in your energy system, but we hold on to it. And I feel this is, personal opinion, I, I do not know this, but I feel like part of the, I have to be busy to be productive is it allows us to stay in denial because it, it basically allows us to run away from that trauma that we're holding on to. So one of the beauty things or beautiful things of, of us being, you know, sequestered at home is that, you know, I'm seeing people say, oh my God, I'm so bored. And, you know, I, I'm, bouncing off the walls. I'm going stir crazy. I have cabin fever. I want to get out. And it's like, they're still in denial. They're still using those avoidance techniques. And, and the reason it's almost like an addict who's coming down off of the drug and they're jonesing for the drug, which is the busy. In reality, they need to be dealing with the issues and going inside and quieting the mind. So because you are an expert in healing trauma and utilizing energetics, how can we recognize that we do have that trauma and how do we utilize the tools that you're offering to start discovering maybe what we're holding on to and releasing it so that we can heal? Now is such a great time to be doing it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just wanted to affirm what you said about busyness being a means of escape. And I do find that a lot. There's a few different energy body patterns that I sort of see among trauma survivors. And one of them is that becoming, and, and, and for those individuals who, who are very busy in the world, and that's their primary coping or survival mechanism, to the outside world, everything seems great, right? They could be highly successful 
and very accomplished. And by the external world judgment standards, they're highly functional. No one would suspect that they have deep wounds inside, right? But what tends to happen is, and that's really a locking from an energetic perspective into the third chakra, into that navel chakra, and just pushing, pushing, pushing constantly at that level. And there's no flow. There's no flow or connection with the other chakras. Someone's really almost locked in a survival mode all of the time. But what happens is that's exhausting. And eventually the body sort of forces them to take a break usually. And as you've pointed out right now, everyone's being forced to take a break. So it's a, it's a time you can go inward and work on some of these patterns, whether it reflects that way or as escapism in the form of other things. It could be substance abuse or uh, could even be sexuality. It could be social media. It could be so many different things that people escape into. The first step is usually really connecting with the lower chakras, the first, second, and third chakras. For women, the second chakra in particular that's linked to our pelvis. And uh, someone can just start doing that, really just breathing into their hands, like placing your hands on your lower belly between your hip bones and just breathing into that space, watching their belly rise and fall and feeling that sensation. And that starts to shift things energetically. And then what I've tried to lay out in my book is a much more kind of graduated path. There's one section in every chapter related to sexual trauma healing, really talking about how, you know, the emotional impact of sexual trauma as it relates to that particular chakra with tools for working through it. Yeah, I think it's great. The, the book has a lot of immediate tools that you can do right now to start working on this. And as we've mentioned, a lot of people are, you know, they, it's been a long time since they've been forced to be still, which I think is fantastic that the universe is like, alrighty, well, now we're going to be still. And it's like, everybody's panicking. Oh my God, you know, I have no idea how to do this. And what do I do with myself? And uh, you know, they're, they're panicking from a time where they should be finding that stillness. And I understand, I mean, we've been in this uh, go, go, go mode for so long that it is an addiction. We've become highly addicted to it. So in your opinion, you know, really understanding the power of this energetic technology that we all have within us, how can we really be utilizing this time to benefit from it? And what are some things that people can start doing to boost immunity and help with the anxiety. Yeah, well first for immune support, that's one of the most helpful things is really linking in to your root chakra at your tailbone. So one visual that I like for that is just imagining the earth is emanating up a supportive red light and it's creating a bowl that you're sitting in and it's protecting you. And part of that red light is entering into the base of your spine at your tailbone and emanating throughout your body. And just holding this visual of being protected by the earth and bringing up this earth energy into your root chakra, which is linked to the earth elementally in Ayurvedic medicine, is very helpful. And then developing affirmations for those that are more affirmation oriented rather than visual that reflect a trust in your body. Like you can even say, I trust my body. I am resilient. My immune system is strong. 
My body is self-healing. I'm fully present in my body. Really just focusing on that sense of body presence because that is energetically what activates and supports our immune function. If we are really busy and frenetic, that's when we're you know, creating stress hormones, adrenal and cortisol and all of this stuff that actually negatively impacts our immune system. So you wanna feel really present in your body. Another is just placing your hand over your heart and visualizing light there. And this is also good for anxiety management, the heart and the root chakra and centering in your heart and just saying, I'm balanced. I am okay in this present moment, really just focusing on what you feel in this present moment. I'm resilient. I will handle each moment as it comes. And letting go of that need to pitch yourself forward into the next day, the next week, the next month, what's gonna happen. Just right now in this moment, I am okay in this present moment. And bringing yourself back into the present moment your heart center and your root chakra. Um, you know, slightly more technical practices around immune support are really cycling through the lower three chakras, the first, second, and third. So for someone who knows the chakras, you can work with that. Or if you get my book or another chakra book, you can work with rotating through the lower three chakras to really kind of rev up your immune system. I think those are really valuable tools. And I think that What's really great about it is it's simple. So yeah. just don't undervalue it. I think that that's another thing that our society tends to do is we love to overcomplicate things. Yeah. <laughs> I can just hear them now. No, it can't be that easy. So yes, it can. <laughs> well, and you know, the chakras, they are technology. They can get really complicated. And, you know, I do present some more complicated tools in the book but really, at first, it's just about stopping and feeling it. And you may do that visually if you're a visual person. You may do it through affirmations. You can even do it through memory. I mean, the power of memory is really amazing. And they've done studies where people have spent time reconstructing how they felt on vacation, you know, down to what bird was singing on the beach and what the waves looked like as they were crashing in front of them. And they would measure people's relaxation response getting triggered, right? The actual hormones and endorphins related to relaxation being released. So that is really a shift in your energy body when you do that. And you can use memory to bring about these energetic shifts as well. So it, it doesn't have to be complicated to be effective. And what do you think about foods? I know that I've heard from other healers that I've had on here that they've talked about the power of, you know, if you are struggling with the visualization, you're not an affirmation person, um, you know, kind of stepping into the idea of eating, say, red foods to power up your uh, uh, root chakra or yellow foods to power up your solar plexus. What is your belief on that? I do believe foods and just color therapy in general, wearing or surrounding yourself with different colors and gemstones, crystals are another thing people like to use. All of those external modalities can be helpful to supporting chakra work, but there's really no replacement for, you know, trying to take that moment 
to just stop, like you've been talking about all along, right? I mean, I think I do use chakra nutrition work and some of these other external modalities, but they can very easily feed into this, oh, the answer is outside me. If I just buy the perfect foods and the perfect gemstone and the perfect shine, the perfect chakra shine, I'll, you know, balance my chakras and that it's all kind of buys into that consumer approach. And while those things are useful, ultimately the real work is turning inward, even if it's just for a minute at a time. Perfect. You, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly where I was hoping you were going to go. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad because I'm like, I was trying to be a little delicate about it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And that, that's really the, the point that I wanted you to hit home is, you know, stop looking to external things to, to find the answers within. So I think that you said that brilliantly. And, um, you know, I, I want to add, I think that another valuable tool is, you know, I think one of the beautiful things about the time that we're in is it's really helping us to reevaluate our disconnection from nature. Mm. And for everybody that listens to this show and has listened to this show, you know my love affair with nature. You know that I encourage all of you to get outside and connect with your nature spirits and to connect with Mama Earth. And this is a beautiful time to really do that. And it's really great um, whether you have a backyard or a park that's nearby, you know, grab a blanket, grab some food, grab your family, um, spend some time outdoors because it's a beautiful way when you can tap into her energy. Um, I know that when I'm outside, I share my experiences uh, on this show all the time, but to me, they activate my chakras. Like I feel like it goes, <laughs> you know, and I think it's a great way to ground and to clear out your energy and um, if you can lay down on the grass, even better, you know, because it just really helps you connect and feel your own energy system. And I don't want people to hear this and, and fear like, oh, I'm not a woo and I'm way too analytical and I can't do that. And, you know, just stop and slow down and, and really think about the idea of the benefit of what this can do for you. And there's no better time because everything has been shut down. Nothing is really uh, going on in the outside world. And so, this is a perfect time to really plug in and tap into that energetic technology that we all have and, and all possess. And what's beautiful is that we all see and experience it in a different and unique way. So that is another thing I want to say is don't feel like this has to look and be a certain way. It's going to be different for everyone and you're going to experience it. And so I always encourage people to uh, maybe journal about it think about, you know, uh, the experiences that you have and validate them. They're all real. They're all special. Um, there's, there's no one way or right way that this needs to be. The most important thing is that you find the answers within yourself and slow down. And I would also encourage breath work. You know, if you are one of those really super frenetic, chaotic people, you're probably taking shallow sips of air and not really breathing. And so to really tap into your energetics, most of us spend uh, most of our lives in the root sacral and solar plexus and very rarely get past that. So really take this time to breathe into that space. And like Lisa said, put your hand on your belly, literally take in a deep breath and, and feel those energetics uh, turning on and tuning in and, and spinning. That's the other thing is they spin. So visualize that and focus on that because I believe that that is a great tool to lower anxiety and 
it's been scientifically proven that if you are frenetic and chaotic, like Lisa said, your adrenals are fired up. You've got fight or flight activated. Your cortisol is going through the roof and it, it's in your bloodstream. Your parasympathetic nervous system is completely frenetic and, and out of whack. And so what that does is that stresses your system and it puts you in beta waves, in, in beta brain waves. And so now you're incoherent between your heart chakra and your brain. And so that can really mess you up and throw you into constant anxiety. So the beauty of this is, is tapping into this and slowing all that down. And now guess what? Your immunity is going to be better. Your anxiety is going to be lower and you're going to be happier. Right, Lisa? <laughs> yes. I want to, yes. I want to just do a big okay or a big, what is, what's the word? Affirmation a hundred times of everything that you just said. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about energy work is there is this multiple doorways in it might be nature for you because every element is connected to a different natural every chakra is connected to a different natural element so time outside does naturally balance your chakras it might be affirmations it might be memory it might be visual uh it might be breath work and so you really just need to find your doorway in to connecting with this subtler layer of yourself that is there anyway you're not creating it. It's there already. All you're doing is turning your focus to it. Uh, so big affirmation to all of that. Yeah. And I would say have fun with it. You know, I think that's another thing is, is we've been so conditioned like Pavlov's dogs to, you know, it's got to look this certain way and it has to have this specific result. And, you know, if we don't get a result, oh my God, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. Don't really go into it with that attitude. Go into it with childlike wonder. Pretend again, like you're a three or a four year old and, and you're going into this and you mess up and it's hysterically fun and, you know, oh, well, that didn't work. Let me try this. And, and you will unearth and discover uh, not only the thing that works for you, but you'll end up having pleasure and enjoyment from it. And lo and behold, most of us don't have that in our lives either. I, I see that a lot in feng shui is that people are lacking pleasure and joy in their life. So we can really well, tap into that. Is that linked to, that's the second chakra. So yes, yes. I feel like the whole world needs to, uh, needs to heal their second chakra you know? <laughs> for the female energy body. And it, it needs a lot of healing right now. Yes, I agree sure. with that. Well, I think that this is fantastic. And I think that we've been able to give a lot of tangible tools for people. And um, I really uh, on one hand, I'm very thankful for this time. I think that it's going to teach us a lot and help a lot of people awaken to their priorities and, and really see what matters in the world and, and really hold their family uh, much closer. And, and it really is opening us up to a lot of love. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are scared and fearful, but there's no reason to be. Um, I think that there's the great awakening that everybody has been talking about. The seers have been talking about and astrologers have been, have been, you know, talking about we're in it, we're doing it. It's happening, mm -hmm. uh, which makes it a very exciting time. And so if you can lean into it and kind of step out of the fear and step into a place of love, I think that this can become something quite beautiful uh, and amazing in our life. I could not agree more. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you, Lisa, for coming onto the show today and, and really stepping up on that soapbox and, and helping everybody who's listening to this show today to really help them uh, with their own energetics and understanding that the power that they hold within them 
if they're interested in learning more about you, you know, how can they find you? What do you have going on? Yeah. Well, the book website is chakraempowermentforwomen.com and my client website is Enlightened Energetics. And I wanted to mention, we didn't have time to get into any of this, but the book also talks a lot about feminine life transit in terms of pregnancy and menopause, all of which are very powerful times and energetically that we can work with. So anyone who's looking for resources there, that is also included. And yeah, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Chakra Empowerment and Twitter as Mommy Mystic. Awesome. Well, I love it. And I want to thank you for saying yes to coming on and and helping me uh, encourage people and send them love and light and help them lower their cabin fever, giving them something to do and giving them valuable tools to step into the new world that we're all going into. Well, thank you, Amanda, for having me and for what you're doing, helping to put these teachings and this light out into the world at this time. Thank you. As Wayne Dyer so famously said, be open to everything and attached to nothing. I think that's a great mantra to hold on to in these crazy times that we're in. I think a lot of people are looking around going, oh my gosh, I've just, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. And that's okay. Just remember to be attached to nothing and just allow it to unfold. And hey, I've got over 10 years worth of content on this podcast. I've got five years on YouTube. Start learning some energy tools and, you know, expand your knowledge and wisdom in the mysteries. I would highly recommend it. I think it's a good time for that. Uh, I should mention that both my How to Remove Negative Energy and my Feng Shui 101 Basics class, both of those are on sale right now, 25% off. So additional learning is available if you'd like to take this time and learn some new tools. And if you'd like to learn more about me, you can head on over to gatesinteriordesign.com to learn more. Thanks everyone. Trust the vibe because the energy never lies.